Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue to sing. I want to invite someone that had a song on their heart that wouldn't mind sharing. You don't want, if you don't mind sharing, this is open for deacons. This is open for 201ers, 101ers. I want you to share what the Lord has put on your heart. What is your song to the Lord? What is your song to the Lord? Think about it. We want to know. You know, I, I, I think about when I was younger, and uh, there'd be like a love song that came out, and everybody would want to get in their feelings, and they would just listen to it, like, till 2 a.m., right? And it was something that I, I just, once I got saved, I realized you don't go to your, that place, you know, the 2 a.m. feelings place where you don't make any sense. That's just, that's not sanitary for your soul, amen? But I, I want to think about, like, man, have you ever just thought about Jesus, Right? I mean, think about his love that he showed people, his love that he showed you. Think about how revolutionary that love is. You know, you may not feel like loving God today. There's many times you may not feel like it. We have this thing called the flesh, and the feelings that come from the flesh are very deceiving. They're very corrupt. But the way to put your flesh to death is simply to turn away from it and walk by the Spirit. And right now, the Holy Spirit is in love with Jesus. Amen? And what we do to love someone is we show them. We understand the difference in Christianity. Christianity, the love in Christianity is to show your love, to demonstrate your love time and time again. It's not just to feel love. It's to demonstrate it. What you do when you sing a song to Jesus with your mouth and you tell him, I love you, I love you, I love you, you're not lying because your feelings are in, in, in line with it. What you're doing is you're saying, Lord, despite my feelings, Jesus, I love you. So I want to invite someone to come up here and share their song. It could be anybody. Anybody, if you have a song, go ahead, Bree. Hallelujah. Let's sing that. Let's sing that. Let's sing that out to the Lord. I think, I think it goes, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. The rest of Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Sing this from your heart, guys. Sing it as a prayer. Tell him you love him. Praise him. Commit yourself to him for all the days of your life. Remember when you told that boy, that girl, I love you forever, for all days, all my life. I'm going to love you forever. You're my forever boo thing. Tell Jesus you love him forever. I'll live for you. 
Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. I, I want you guys to just close your eyes right now. You know, continue to keep that song in your mind. I want you to write that song down. I just gave you guys a little thing to do in your prayer time. You don't know how to pray? Just love Jesus. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you care about him. Tell him how much he means to you. Matter of fact, make a song out of it. He's special. He's precious. He's worthy. Oh, Lord, I just thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. There is no amount of song. There is no amount of worship. There is no amount of praise that we could ever give you that would ever be enough, Lord. No stadium can be filled that can give you the praise that you deserve. No church could ever sing loud enough. But God, we praise you nonetheless, Lord. We praise you despite our finite minds. God, we praise you despite how young we are, Lord. We understand your love. As what you have told us, Lord, in your word, that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son, Jesus Christ. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We, we, we know how much you love us, God, and we want to grow deeper in that. And I pray that in Elevate tonight, we would. Lord, because everything revolves around you, Jesus. Lord, what we say, what we do, our aspirations, our ambitions, even marriage, every institution that we put ourselves into, every relationship that we put ourselves into, God, everything, it... It revolves around you, Jesus. Our relationship with you affects every relationship that we have, God. So right now, Lord, we just clarify our relationship with you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you. Everybody just tell Jesus you love him. Tell him in your words how much you love him. Lord, I love you more than anything, God. More than words could say, God. More than my words could ever begin to uh, it just unravel out of my mouth, Lord. Every, every bit of word, God, that I could come up with in my vocabulary can never define how much I love you, can never describe how much I love you, Lord. I owe you my life. Everyone in here, we owe you our lives, Lord, because you loved us first, Jesus. So we give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give a hand clap for Jesus. And then tell your neighbor just how much you love Jesus. Have a little conversation. Tell, no, no, not no, how much you love Jesus, right? Yeah, and then tell, have a, a conversation with your neighbor how much Jesus loves you. And then go back to your other neighbor and then tell them how much Jesus loves them. And then go back. No, I'm joking. I won't, I won't do that one more time. You got to get used to sharing God's love, man. It's it's natural thing, you know? Like, it's a natural thing, man. Like, God loves you. That's a fact. That's like, like, hey, man, do you, don't you know that if you don't look both ways across the street, you might get hit by a car? Like, that's a fact right there, you know? Some of you have never been almost hit by a car. No. Yeah, welcome to Elevate. Welcome to Elevate. What? What? Irvin Hyman. You guys are on it. You guys are on it. Praise God. So it's, it's Valentine's Day, right? Who brought their boo? Amen. There you go. No one brought their boo? 
It's, no, it's all right. All the married people said amen, all right? TJ, you bring your boo? Uh, who who are you talking to, TJ? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, I like, TJ knows, man, ever since he was like 16, I've always asked him, man, who do you like, TJ? Who are you trying to marry right now? And TJ's like, what? What you mean? I'm talking about Joby. I just love Jesus. I'm like, all right. All right, man. Okay. That's good. That's good. But if you, if you do have a special someone, I would always, I always, talk, I always give you the talk if I ever have that moment with you, and I let you know, and I ask you, are you ready to marry that person? Are you willing to marry that person? Because man, I'm telling you, some of the people you're all with, maybe you might not want to marry them. They might be crazy, and you may be okay with their crazy now, but then when, let's say you wake up to their crazy. And let's say you wake up. Let's say you like how she looks now. Wait till you see her without makeup. Right? That's, that's a big one. You say he's, he's good looking now. Let's see if he has 30 pounds. Do you still like him then? That's a big thing, man. You know, love, love is pretty deep. And we're going to talk about uh, marriage today. So if we could put that slide up. We're going to talk about marriage. Today's Valentine's Day. And, and many people from young to old, they're getting gifts that validate their love. Right? That validate their love for either someone or or someone has validated their love for them. Uh, and we want to take some time out just to see, you know, what this marriage thing is. Because if you're married, right, this is, a, this is a holiday where you do give gifts. You know, some people don't. And they're like, you know, I give my gifts every other, other day. You know, and that's, that's okay. You know, to each your own, man. Whatever you do that glorifies the Lord. But I want to let you know, you know, many people have had multiple Valentine's Day. If you've had multiple Valentine's people, Valentine's, you have many people that were your Valentine. Raise your hand. Many people that you're Valentine. If you had more than one, raise your hand. More than one Valentine in your life, raise your hand. No? My buddy looking like, nah, bro, not yet, not yet. It's okay, man. You're not missing out. You're not missing out. If many people have tried to make you their Valentine, raise your hand. If you got people chasing after you like, hey, listen, boo, here's a card. Be my Valentine all the time. Every day, you'll dime. All right? TJ, lots of people, right? Sending you cards with, with puppies on them. Right, so... So many people, many people, they've had a Valentine. They've had multiple ones, and, and they kind of just think Valentine, day, Valentine's Day, it's, it's a day where you just give candy to someone that you love, and then, you know, you, you, you hang out, and you, I don't even know, you guys are, some of you are too young to hang out, right? Y'all need supervision, amen? If you don't have some, you should get some. It's good for you. But listen. What is it really about? What is this day about? And I want to say boldly, it's, a, it's, it's about love, right? And the greatest example of love that we can see, if it is done right, is marriage. Is marriage. It is the physical symbol of the image of God. I, wanna, I want you to show that because God is love. Marriage has to be defined as love. Right? But we don't see that anymore. I was watching a video by this uh, conservative group called PragerU, and it's just this guy, he's Jewish, and he made this university, and they just ask people questions uh, that are about their worldview, and this guy was asking people, what do you think about marriage? And there's some people that were getting, like, really deep, and they were like, you know, well, according to society, marriage is this, but we live in a world that's opposite of that now. But... A lot of people were saying that it's outdated, that marriage is old, that marriage isn't what it was before, that people really don't get married now. 
you know? Some people were saying it was honorable. Other people were saying that's just a piece of paper. I've had so many theos and theas. If you've had a theo and a thea or you got your mama and your daddy that say this all the time, we don't, we're not married because it's just a paper. We love each other and that's good enough. I mean, man, I grow, I've grown up hearing that. I've grown up hearing that for many people. Many people, you got dudes that are engaged to a girl for seven years because they're afraid to get married. They're afraid of that commitment. But has marriage become outdated? Should we just live together first and see if we like what we see? Do we got to test the car before we drive it, amen? Do we got to see what's, what's under the hood before we can know what we're working with? Do we have to do that? That's what people say. That people say you have to date someone and live with them, have sex with them, then after you do that, right, after you've slept with them, maybe you have a kid with them, then get married. That's like the most backwards order ever. But that's what the world is saying. They're saying it's better to live with someone economically and not be married to them. It's better to live with someone because you get to know with them physically, and it's better to get to know someone mentally first, right? Then you marry them. You do all those things. Then you, get, you, uh, you do the marriage, right? You do the marriage thing. But I want to let you know that most marriages are failing because, not because marriage doesn't work or that people don't really understand marriage, but it's because people did it wrong. They had the wrong idea going into marriage on what marriage is and what, when do you get married. Many times marriage, uh, um, cohabitations, which is when you live with someone that is not your spouse, cohabitation increases divorce by 33%. So most people that do cohabit, cohab, cohabit, they live with each other before they're married, they actually end up getting divorced when they get married. And this is not statistically, can't, it can't be really statistically shown, but most of the time, right, according to surveys, they end up splitting up anyway. So they wasted all this time just to be with someone. I mean, I don't understand the whole process. You move out to be with someone that you have no commitment to. They could literally leave and cheat on you the next day, and there's no consequence. And you're going to move all your stuff in there and say, that's, 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 that's mine, right? I mean, that's pretty foolish if you ask me. Like, that's pretty foolish. That's like saying, hey, man, I'm going to go to school, and I'm not going to sign any type of thing. I'm not going to sign a contract when I go to school. So literally, you can go to school, pay all this money, and then... They, they don't have to give you a degree. They don't have to give you a bachelor's degree because there's no paperwork behind it. There's no commitment. You didn't commit yourself. You were just showing up to class. No, there's contracts. There's binding. There's legalities. The reason why things work is because there is a commitment. There is a contract. And the reason why marriage works is because marriage has nothing to do, well, it has something to do with you and the person, but it has even more to do with God. Everybody say, with God. You see, marriage is grounded in the love of Christ. Everybody say the love of Christ. Marriage represents Christ and his church. Everybody say Christ and his church. And mature Christians make mature marriages. Understand that. Many people get married young. And I'm, I'm not really like opposed to that. That's not a bad thing. I got married young. But many people get married young for the wrong reason. Married people get, many people get married young for very lustful reasons. And we're going to talk about all those things today, right? So if we can go to Ephesians 5, 
25 to 32. Ephesians 5 is a beautiful thing to read if you want to know about marriage because this is the theological uh, framework of what marriage is. This is the blueprint of marriage, right? This is the blueprint of marriage. It says right here, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands and everything. Everybody say, everything. That's right. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Say, just as Christ loved the church. So just as Christ loved the church, husbands, love your wives. And gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present herself to himself as a radiant, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or other, any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, everybody, in the, everybody say, in the same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their own body, just as Christ does the church for we are members of his body for this reason a man uh, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife we go to the next verse if you go to the next verse please thank you and the two will become one flesh this is a profound mystery everybody say mystery that's how my scooby-doo but i am talking about christ and his church Amen. Amen. Give a hand clap for the word of God. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. And I, I, I can tell you this from experience. If you just listen to this, your marriage will go well. Your parents did not get divorced because they did not know what a marriage was. They got divorced because they refused to believe what this said about marriage. People don't get divorced because of some circumstances that you can't explain. People get divorced because they're prideful. Understand that. Your parents, your family members, they got divorced because of pride. Because of pride. One thing I want to help you guys understand is marriage is grounded in the love of Christ. If we go to verse 25 really quickly. Verse 25 of Ephesians. If you got your Bible, wave it up in the air. Wave it up in the air if you got your Bible. Okay, all right, Gio. Hey, see, uh, see um, Jackie after so you can get a treat, okay, or get a reward. Who, who else has a Bible? Okay, if you've got a Bible, raise your hand. If you've got a Bible, physical Bible. All right, Alexa. All right. I'm sorry, Jackie. No, no reward for you. You give the rewards, okay, amen? This is a ministry right here, all right? You get... <laughs> Lawrence will give you, uh, he'll give you uh, a reward, right? He got you. All right, Ephesians 5, 25 to 30 says this, right? That, sorry. So husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Everybody say, Christ loved the church. You see, many of us, we get in such a habit, and this is a good habit, of saying, you know, Christ died for your sins. Christ died for your sins. Christ died for your sins. But we have to remember that Christ actually died for the church because the church is the is the group, it is the people that actually received his death. They actually believed in his resurrection. So when it says that Christ loved the church, literally it's saying that this, this sacrifice 
was meant for the church solely. So if you never believe in Christ, you never believe in his resurrection, you've missed out on this love. This love wasn't for you because you didn't receive it. Does that make sense? Yes, he died for you, but this love that you failed to receive, it's not for you then. It's for the people that receive it, and the people that receive it are the church. How did Christ love the church? Well, he gave himself up for the church, right? We talk a lot about uh, what mamas do here. You know, mamas get, going through labor pains, right, nine months, right? Christina, she, she gave birth to three of those, right, three of those babies, right? And, and where's Kirsten? Kirsten, you gave birth to three as well. Oh, three. All right. Okay. All right. Anybody else have any babies here? Mildred, there you go. There you are, Mildred. You gave birth to three. Oh, my goodness. What was... My favorite number is three, too. So, babe, you know what that means, right? We got to have three. We got to have three. We got to have three, right? And then when you two get married, right, you guys have to have three, right? At least until we're in Elevate. Uh, and then, let's see, who, who else? All right, and then, and you got to get married, Kelvin. Then you got to have three, right? Where's Oscar? Where's Oscar? Oscar, you got to get married and you got to have three, amen? That's it. So, so we talk a lot about babies and moms and how, you know, mothers, they showed that example of love by really going through nine months of physical uh, annoyance. I don't know how it feels, to be honest. I never will. But, I mean, it's, it's annoying, right? It's an irritant. The pain, at least, is an ir- irritating thing. The pain, it hurts. It, it, it's not like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> My back is in so much pain. Amen. Praise the Lord, right? No? No, you're not. You, but you do this. You endure. You give yourself up for your child. Now, the husband is supposed to even go the next step. That he is supposed to show Christ to his wife. So the husband, he loves the wife like Christ loved the church. He gives himself up to her. And it says that he who loves him, his wife loves himself. Why? Because, again, if Christ loved the church, the church also his body, then you have to love your body. The, the, the husband is the head of the marriage, and the wife is the body, right? No one's ever hated their body. Now, you may say, hey, what about me? You know, I, I kind of hate my body. I hate how I look sometimes. You know, I look in the mirror, and I'm like, there ain't no six-pack here. I don't necessarily love my body, right? Oh, okay. Right now, you got clothes on, amen? Not just because it's legal, but because it's kind of cold outside. So you liked to be warm, okay? You got layers on because you care about catching frostbite. You asked for a ride today to elevate, or you got here as quick as possible because you didn't want to freeze to death. You woke up this morning, and some of us, I know, we're young, so we don't eat breakfast, but you really thought about it. You said, man, should I eat breakfast? No, I don't feel like it. But you thought about it, right? And then when you're in school, you're like, dang, I'm hungry. I want to get, I want to slam on something. So you care for your body regardless. And, and at the end of the day, that's really what love is. You don't tell your body, man, I love your body. While, you, while everyone's eating, man, I love your body. You're good enough just to love. I love you. No, no, you feed yourself. You're like, mm, come on, stomach. I know you can handle more, TJ. Right, TJ, you know when you get around some food, you're like, let me get that. I know I'm the same way. Who else can eat here? Come on. Now, when you see food, you're not just, uh, you're not just neglecting your body. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
When <laughs> I'm sorry, I was in the same. So you're not just neglecting your body. You're like, man, I'm going to eat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw down. I, I love my body. That's why it's already kind of presupposed that you love yourself. You love your body. Now, when it comes to those that people that cut themselves, people that want to commit suicide, a lot of times people do that at the end of the day because they still love themselves. A lot of times people do it because this is the way they feel like they can release the pain. They still love themselves. People love themselves, so they say, I'm going to commit suicide so I can get away from this life. I can stop torturing myself. And it's a deception. It's a false type of love. It's not God's love, but you're still trying to love yourself. So it's already presupposed that you love yourself no matter how twisted you may think it is. Some people are obese because they eat too much, and they think that they're loving themselves that way. Some people, right? They starve themselves. They're bulimic, and they puke, and they think that they're saving their image. A lot of people are deceived, and they see themselves as a fat person, even though they're like less than 100 pounds. This is, these are all demonic things, mental things that God can save you from, but I want to let you know that your body's main aim, right, is to be loved, and mentally, you're going to love it. The only thing that gets in the way of that is a demonic, uh, it's a deception, okay? So understand that he who loves him, his wife loves himself. And if you hate your wife, you hate yourself. That's the thing. That's my marriage, guys. You guys are single, right? But understand that marriage, you must love the other person like you love yourself. Because if you hate that person, you hate yourself. If we go to 1 Peter 3, 7, how important is this? I want to let you know on, on a theological level, something that hit me that I want to share with you as well when I came upon it. 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands, in the same way, consider, uh, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Everybody say respect. As the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Woo. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Listen, if you don't care for your wife as a husband, God does not listen to your prayers. Your prayer life is weak. And that's something that hits me too because I could be doing this ministry. I could be helping people. I could be doing all the things that I want to do. But if I neglect my wife, my prayer life goes in shambles. My relationship with God suffers. goes back to what we were talking about love last week. How can you love God who is invisible but yet not love your neighbor who is visible? How can you love God yet not love your wife? So if you're interested in a relationship today, you have to be interested in marriage. And in marriage, it's all about the other person, loving them. But what was marriage to you? What, did you have, what was your idea of marriage first? Was it like, let me get the most out of this person as I can? Let me... Just be with someone, someone that I can talk to all the time, someone that will complete me, make me feel good about myself. Is that what marriage is to you? Is marriage just something that you're like, man, I'm just going to do it because everyone else is doing it. It's something I have to do so I won't be in sin and I won't get rebuked. Is this something that you're not even thinking about? You're like, marriage, I'm just going to shack up with someone. I'm just going to get with them, live with them, and, you know, live my life, man. What is it to you? What was marriage to you? Because if it wasn't this then you were misled. Marriage represents Christ in his church. If we go to verse 31 to 32, marriage represents Christ in his church. And I, I kind of alluded to that. But in, in verses uh, 31 to 32, 
it tells us the definition of marriage and, and what marriage really is. It says that, after all, no one has ever hated the battlefield, remembers. For this reason, a man will leave his father. Everybody say, leave his father. Everybody say, leave his mother. And be united. Everybody say, united. To his wife. And the two will become one flesh. Everybody say that. The two will become one flesh. That, that is the definition of marriage. And this was repeated multiple times. It's in Genesis 2. No, in Genesis 3, my bad. It's also repeated in Matthew. Jesus, when the Pharisees are saying, hey, man, what if I got multiple wives, bro? Who's my wife in heaven, though, when we die? And Jesus gives them a definition of marriage, like, chill, bro. It's one man and one wife. And then when you're in your heaven, it's not going to be about your earthly marriage. It's going to be about your heavenly matrimony. It's going to be about your relationship to Christ now. We're going to be like angels in a sense, not needing marriage. It's going to be about what Christ did for us. We're going to be united to him. So he lets them know that. But that's another day. I want to focus on this. This is repeated multiple times. Christ defined what marriage was right here. A lot of people will be like, show me where it says that a man can't marry a man in the Bible. Tell me right now in red letters where Jesus says, man shall not marry man. Woman shall not marry woman. Man shall not marry dog. Right? Woman shall not marry dog. Jesus doesn't say that either. Jesus in this verse does not say a man cannot marry a telephone. So does that mean that Jesus is okay with us marrying telephones? No, no. You see right here what Jesus is doing is he's setting the parameters. Everybody say parameters. He said he's setting the restrictions. Everybody say restrictions. He's defining marriage right here. And it is when this happens, when one man is united with one wife, one woman, not a person who thinks he's a woman, a biological male and a biological female, are united and they become one flesh. United gives way to what marriage is, the commitment. I am united to you. The one flesh is the consummation of marriage. It is when you have sex after you're married. Literally, it's not... I'm going to just shack up with everybody. The Bible literally says when you have sex with someone, you become one flesh with someone. It is a spiritual thing. That's why he says not that, why, you know, like when you have sex with prostitutes, you're becoming one flesh with them. That's what people were doing back then. So when you commit adultery, you are becoming one flesh with someone else. That is not your wife. There's, your, there's no unity there. There's no unity there. So what you're doing is you're basically leaving yourself in people. You're leaving yourself in people. And you're becoming damaged because this was only meant for one man and one woman. This is literally what marriage is. One flesh. One flesh. You are one with that person. It is no longer like I get my own. I do me. This is mine. This is me. This is no longer, this is my body. This is what I want to do with it. No, this is, this is us. We are one. This is no, you go your way, I go my way. You raise your kids this way, I raise my kids that way. I decide here, you decide here. No, we're one. We're one. That means that every dream, every ambition that you had, everything that you thought you wanted to do, it is now being joined with everything this person had. You understand the depth of marriage. You are being tied to a person. 
This is not just, well, you know, we don't get married because we love each other very much and our love is good enough. God doesn't mind. No, God does mind. He minds quite a bit. You have to be united to this woman before you become one flesh with this woman. Same thing with a woman. You have to be united to this man before you become one flesh with this man. The wife, it says, and uh, later on, we've kind of talked a lot about the husband, but I know you've probably seen some things like the wife is the lesser vessel. The wife has to submit. The wife has to respect. And you're like, man, dude, this is some sexist stuff, yo. Man, this ain't, I'm not going to believe this part. But we have had people walk out of church, walk away from God because they're saying, I don't want to submit. Listen, there was one time I was an Uber and they were playing WGCI. Anybody know WGCI? You got to know WGCI, right? What is it? One, uh, one point, what is it? 107.5, right? And you know how they have those little talk show things? And then they're like, they're talking and there's one man, there's one woman that's leading it. And the man is like, oh, we have a next caller. And the woman's like, listen, there's a reason why marriage has failed because women don't want to submit. They don't want to submit. And then the woman was like, nah, nah, I agree, honey. That ain't it. That ain't it. I ain't going to submit to no man. She hung up. He's like, are you married? You seeing anyone? She's like, no. He's like, that's why. That's why I straight treated her. And I was like, oh, snap. On my Uber, like, oh, snap. Listen, there is a role to marriage. Now, understand this. That doesn't mean that the husband gets to just be like, hey, wife, fetch, uh, fetch me this, you know. Get, get, me, get me some food now. I'm hungry. My stomach aches and pains, woman. Like, no, no, you're not just going to talk to her like she's lesser than you as an image because what is she? She's your, she shares with you the gift of life. She is equal to you. So the wife and the husband are equal. They are made in the image of God. There is neither female or male in the body of Christ. All are in Christ and belong to Christ. But understand this. In a marriage now, there is a submission the wife does to the husband when the husband needs to make a decision, when the husband needs to decide, when the husband needs to lead. Because if you have two heads in a kitchen, there's no head, sh- head cook. If you have two heads on a body, where is the body going to go? One head has to submit to the other. Both heads have to become one. See, in a marriage, it's 50-50. So me, I'm a, very, I'm a very relaxing person, right? I'm very chill. But in my marriage with Karina, I have to put my foot down and say, we're going to do this instead when we can't make a decision. So she wants to do this. I want to do this. Who decides? Who decides? We're going to flip coins? Oh, dang it. You gotta, we got to go with you. No, that, that, that's, how the, that's how you do it when there's no wisdom. That's how they decided the, the 12th uh, apostle when Judas died. And then Jesus has ended up picking Paul instead. We don't, we don't do that. What we do, is God already figured it out. In that case, go to the husband. The husband will be the head. So, woman, this comes down to you. Are you going to be okay with respecting the person you're married to? Are you okay with submitting to that person? Are you okay with submitting to some dude that all he does is play Fortnite? Are you okay with respecting some dude that literally doesn't even know how to have a job, maintain a job, doesn't even know how to, he doesn't even read his word. All he does is play video games and chill with his guys. Are you okay with submitting to this person? Are you okay with submitting to some person who's not mature? See, no one asked you to get married. There is no command that's saying get married or you're in sin. 
You get married to the wrong person, that's just your fault, boo-boo. That's your fault, honey. That's your fault. You married a loser. You got with some guy that couldn't keep it together. You married some guy that didn't want it. That's your fault. You're going to be depressed and old. However, men, it is our job to be leaders. It is our job to lead. So if you want to lead, okay, men, you got to take it serious because you're like Christ in this relationship. But if you're going to have a woman that is not submissive, that doesn't, that wants to lead, that says it's my way or the highway, and you're going to marry her, that's you now. You got to stick with it. You got to wait to see if God will change your heart. You got to pray for her. But this is a serious thing. You cannot be lackadaisical with marriage. You can't. This person you're going to be with your whole life. So understand that while you're dating and you're thinking about dating, that if you're, if you're seeing yourself married to this person, do you want to be with this person your whole life? Do you want to be with this person every single day? The wife must respect their husband. This is the roles. It does not make them useless, right? It makes them very useful. We go to Proverbs 31. Literally, Proverbs 31, it talks about women. How many of you women have read Proverbs 31? How many of you women have read Proverbs 31? If you have not read Proverbs 31, you should read it now. Because that's the type of woman you want to be. And men, you should read Proverbs 31. And then read every bit of other Proverbs. Everybody should read Proverbs, all of it first. But Proverbs 31, that's the type of woman you should desire from the Lord. Obviously, you should be a, a Proverbs. I saw this on a Facebook status. If you want a Proverbs 31 woman, you got to be a Proverbs 1 to 31 man. you got to be the type of man that a woman can marry. Now, when you read Proverbs 31, the woman, she ain't just on Netflix all day. She don't got all the time in the world just to be on Snapchat. She don't got everything in the world to do, but is not being productive with her life. No, dude, she's making bank. She's buying houses. She's taking care of the stuff she needs to take care of. She's responsible. She's caring. She's loving. She gives to the poor. She's not a 21st century trendy vegan woman who just chills and chills with her cats. She's not that woman. And if you chill with your cats, it's okay. But you got to also be a Proverbs 31 woman. You can have cats and do both, amen? But there's a stereotype saying where literally I see memes about people that literally spend their whole day on Netflix. Spend their whole day on Snapchat. Understand that that's not the type of woman you want. Because when you get home, nothing's going to be done. Your kids, they ain't going to know nothing. They're going to be bouncing all over the place. So you got to find a woman who cares and who loves the Lord and puts it, that puts it all in perspective. And we would, if we had time, we would go through Proverbs 31. But we're not going to do that, amen? You guys read it on your own, your own devotional time. Now, the role for a husband, you have the greatest role now. Because you don't just you sit on your couch. There's a stereotype. You just sit on your couch all day, and your wife becomes your slave. No, 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 no. Husbands, you are to give yourself up. You are to give yourself up daily for no reason other than Christ and his church. You are to say, man, do not my needs, her needs. Not my wants, her wants. Are you ready to do that, man? You shouldn't be dating if you're not ready to do that. If you're not ready to do that, you should take a step back, look at Christ, look at his church. If you're looking for a relationship right now and you're thinking, man, I want a wife, dude, do you want to die to yourself every day to the person you wake up to? 
Do you want to show her the greatest example of love that could ever be shown? Because if the answer is no, you don't want a wife. You want a sex buddy. You want somebody to cuddle with. You want someone to talk to when you're bored. You want someone to talk to when you got no one else to talk to. But that's just not marriage. That's just not marriage. Yes, the friendship comes along, and it's good. We're going to talk about that in life groups. But marriage represents Christ in his church. You reflect that. You, by the grace of God, reflect that in all you do with your wife and your husband. Does that make sense, everybody? What does marriage represent to you? What is the meaning of marriage to you? What is it to you, huh? Are you just thinking, man, I'm just going to date this girl, pass on time. If it happens, it happens. Or is marriage the literal, the literal goal? And if marriage is the literal goal, what does it represent? What is the symbol behind marriage? Now, understand this. I, I kind of alluded to this as well. Mature Christians make mature marriages. If I can have Lawrence up to the keys, please. You see, what makes a mature Christian, though? Well, you have to be confident in Christ, and you have to know your identity. Listen, there are a lot of relationships that form out of insecurity. You talk to somebody because they make you feel good. You talk to somebody because they're the only ones that really care about you. You talk to somebody because they make you feel better than anybody in the world, and they listen to you. Don't start a relationship because of that, because you're needy. You have to be complete in Christ first. Be complete. Be whole. Understand who you are first. Then, instead of decreasing from someone, trying to take, 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 you need to make me happy. You need to make me happy. Your happiness already comes from Christ. Now you can just make this person feel good about themselves. You can now love them. You can now love them. And then don't date someone who's needy as well. I need you to talk to me 24-7. If you're not talking to me, oh, you're a slow texter. You're this. Man, get over yourself. Get over yourself. What you have to do is understand that they have to be complete first. You marry a broken person, it's going to be a broken marriage. You have a broken, you, you get in a relationship with a broken person who can't tell his right hand from his left hand. Her, she can't tell what's wrong from right. Your marriage is going to reflect that as well because a, a relationship is not just some robotic thing like, hey, this is my relationship. No, you and that person are the relationship. So if you're broken, she's broken, he's broken, you're broken, it's messed up. It's all broken. So you have to be whole, complete, know your identity in Christ. You're a child of God. You're an you're, you, have a hair, you have an inheritance waiting for you. God's joy lives in you. His love is in you. His purpose is for you. You must know these things before you go into a relationship. And the person that you are going to go in a relationship must know these things. And I speak from experience. Before I started dating Karina, there was a woman that I would pursue that literally they were just, they didn't know Jesus almost, it felt like. It felt like I was pastoring them. And I was like, oh, snap, I thought you knew Jesus. And I would constantly tell them the scripture. They're like, oh, no, I'm depressed. I'm this. I don't know if I believe in God anymore. Yada, yada, yada. Do all these things. I'm like, man, this can't be a what a relationship is. I started dating Karina, who's accountable with other women, who knows Jesus, who has a testimony, who has proven that she's saved to, to people around her. Because the Bible says to show yourself, show your deeds to people around you. That's how you know. That's how people know you're saved. Dude, I started to see. I'm like, oh, snap. This woman is what a woman of God is. 
So you want to marry someone who knows the Lord, knows themselves. Next, you got to be living holy. 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verses 7 through 9. Paul, he, this is the only time. Paul actually tells us he, for, he never forbids us from marriage. That's actually a sin. If someone forbids you to marry someone, they could tell you, hey, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't marry someone. Of course, their parents, they can tell you whatever, you know what I'm saying, especially if you're 18 or under. But the church is like, I forbid you to marry this person. If you marry this person, you're out of the church. They actually can't do that. There's a lot of freedom in this. But Paul encourages people that are single to remain single and devote all their life to the Lord like he has. But he says if you, if you need to be married, right, then marry, right, and he gives us the instructions of marriage. And, we can, uh, and you can go through that in life groups or you can just read 1 Corinthians but here's the thing. If you are burning with passions and lusts, he says get married. But you are not to just say, I'm going to get married to have sex. I'm going to get married to be able to unleash all the desires I want on this person. You have to do whatever I say. Because that's what some people think marriage is. They, this person now becomes your, your, like, your sex buddy. And you get to tell her whatever. Or he gets, she gets to tell you whatever. No, that's not how it is. It still reverts back to love and submission. You see, you, you marry someone not to have sex. Marriage is a uh, sex is a blessing from marriage. You marry someone because you want to love them like Christ loved the church. So yes, if you are in a relationship with, with someone and you're burning with lust, you could either do one, just straight break up with them because you're not mature enough. Or two, let's say you're like, okay, well, I'm ready to be married. I'm attracted to this person. Let's get married. One or two things. What you don't do is sin. You live holy. See, holiness is still the center of it, okay? And again, this is not saying, hey, man, just get married to have sex. But that's why you have to be mature to be married. If you're not mature in Christ, don't even, don't even think about marriage, right? The person you want to marry has to be serving Jesus, you have to be equally yoked. What is yoke? Yoke is what they use for ox. If I can have my altar workers here. To plow the field, to plow the harvest. You see, if you're marrying someone that is not a believer, if you're dating someone that's not a believer, I want to let you know you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're completely doing it wrong. If you are dating someone that is not living for Jesus, you are doing it completely wrong. You need to check yourself. You need to... Break up with that person. And I want you guys to think about it. If you guys could all stand up. Why do you date to begin with? Be mature about it. Why are you dating? Are you dating just because people look attractive? Are you dating because you're just bored with your time? Are you just dating because people have said that's what you do? Friends have told you that what's that, that's what you do? Be mature. Grow in Christ first. Understand who you are in Jesus. Know your identity in Christ. Don't bring baggage to your relationship. Don't bring heartache and heartbreak to your relationship. Listen, people are not your healer. Your boyfriend is not your healer. Your girlfriend is not your healer. Christ is your healer. So you need to understand the person you're marrying has to be serving Jesus. You have to be equally yoked because the whole point of this marriage, what does Christ and his church even do? What is Christ and his church? Because Christ is alive, amen, right, Lawrence? Christ is alive. Is this church alive? Amen. TJ, is this church alive? Babe, what do you think? Is this church alive? It is. His church is alive. But what are they doing right now? What are, they, are Christ and his church just chilling? 
Like, hey, what's up, boo? You want to come over and watch Netflix? What is Christ and his church doing? What is Christ and his bride doing? I want you guys to all think about that. What is Christ and his bride doing? What is, the, what is Jesus and his body, his church doing right now? They're healing the nations. They're healing the brokenhearted. They're reaching out to the lost. They're preparing the way for the new heavens and new earth. You see Christ in his church. If your marriage does not reflect that, if your relationship does not reflect that, you are in the wrong. Because your relationship means nothing to God if it does not reflect Christ in his church. Your relationship is nothing but a farce. It is nothing but a farce if it does not reflect Christ in his church. So this is what I tell you guys. If you want a relationship, why don't you just follow the Bible? What does the Bible say? You have to be equally yoked. Simple as that. Stop being a thirst and drink some of the water that Jesus is giving. Amen? Stop being all hungry for a boo. Get hungry for his word. Stop trying to get somebody and know the Lord. Stop trying to get to know someone and know yourself in Christ. That's what it is, guys. This is, this is for you to be mature. I, I, I want to speak to marriage, not because I know you guys are going to get married tomorrow. Some of you won't get married for another 20 years. Some of you are like, don't speak that over me, Joe B. I'm 18 right now. I'm trying to get married in a couple years right now, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to get married now. The teacher's like, don't speak that over me, right? No, but guys, this is a serious thing. And I want each and every one of you to have blessed marriages. Because I understand that you don't want to be a part of a broken home, amen? You don't want to be a part of a broken marriage. If you guys could all bow your heads and close your eyes. You know, I praise God because I, I spoke about sex. You guys are serious. So it's just thank you guys for being mature. That's a good sign. I spoke about marriage and I said some things that may be a little hard to hear about love and what love is and it all goes down to this marriage is grounded in love understand that guys just begin to pray if there's something that was tugging on your heart begin to give it to Jesus begin to ask Jesus about wisdom so marriage is grounded in Christ marriage represents Christ and his church and marriage mature Christians make mature marriages and I just want to invite anybody that is looking for a relationship right now I want you to come up if you are in a relationship I want you to come up, deacons as well, that aren't serving. If you are looking for a, a relationship now, if it's on your mind, you can come up as well. We want to pray for you because, listen, you have to be equally yoked with someone. I've seen so many people leave Jesus because of something that happened with the person they were dating. I've seen so many people leave Jesus because they got distracted. They got turned around the wrong way. I've seen so many people completely forsake the calling that they have because Jesus wasn't enough, wasn't good enough. Their, their girlfriend, their boyfriend were better and they fell into sin. I don't want that guys for I don't want that for you guys. Of course there's hell, but there's also there's also rebellion, and rebellion is horrible in this world. 
If you guys could all just continue to close your eyes and bow your heads. I want you guys to pray and ask the Lord for wisdom. I want you guys to, sh- I want you guys to ask the Lord, show me my future spouse. And if you don't want to get married ever in your life, that's okay. I want you now to begin to show Jesus what you should do with your time. Begin to show Jesus the friendships you should make. A lot of you young men, you guys, God has such plans and purposes for you. And he wants you to do so many mighty things right now, but he does not want you to get distracted. Do not get distracted. Many of you should not even be thinking about relationships right now. Just have God, let God give you an image of your husband or wife in the future. But right now, men of God, I want to call you guys to leadership. Be a leader in your school. Be a leader amongst your friends. And woman, I, I want to encourage you guys to grow in your character. To grow in your character. Begin to honor God with your deeds. Begin to spend time on people, not just things. Spend time not on self-love, but love for others. Marriage is a serious thing, man. It reflects Christ in his church. Think about Christ in his church. What a beautiful sight. There's no love greater. Are you ready for the calling to represent that? That puts a... That puts a a fire in me. I want to represent that correctly. I want to glorify God in that. So as Lawrence sings, I'll give you guys a few moments. Begin to, to worship. Begin to pray. Begin to ask God for wisdom. Begin to ask God for clarity. just want to do a, an altar call. If you want to be married one day in this place, I want to invite you up to the altar. I want to invite you up to the altar. We have our purity ceremony coming up in two weeks. But I want to pray for some people right now. I want to pray for some people right now. If you are looking to one day being married, I want you to come up to the altar and I want to pray for you. Now, if you're not, don't feel bad, right? If you're saying, man, I don't feel like ever getting married, it's okay. But then be ready to devote yourself to the Lord. And this is not just to say, hey, if you're, if you're wrong in, in, in life right now. I'm just saying, if you have a pure intention to get married, right? It's nothing bad. You want to get married one day. Just a few more moments, then I'll dismiss.
man. 